All right. Welcome into week six outside information podcast. Another blazing week of picks, guys. Uh, let's get into we're at the third way point through the season. So I'm going to give the listeners and us a reminder of how we're doing so far. Uh, well, I'll start. I'll, I'll start with the straight up picks that we do. Um, Luke is in first with a record of 63 and 17. Red hot, red hot in second by a one game margin to the third place. He's well behind Luke uh, is Mr. Schlacks at a record of 53 and 27. One game behind Dan, 52 and 28. And, you know, really close behind that is me, um, 45 and 35. You know, they keep me around for the hosting skills, not the picking skills. We'll move on to the spread picks, um, whereas, which is where I really show my value. Uh, I'm three and two against the spread. And everyone else is two and three against the spread. Down to the super dog picks, which is now, uh, you know, a team that's favored by, you know, or is being spotted three and a half points or more. I am zero and four. Schlacks is two and two. Dan and Luke are three and one. What a, what a stat! I'm sorry. Actually, I didn't include week five. Um, I'm zero and five. Uh, Schlacks is three and two. And the other two gentlemen are four and one. And then the super covers. Um, Dan is, is in last place with those at 0 and 5. Luke and me, myself, are at 1 and 4. And Schlax is at 2 and 3. And to remind uh, the listeners, it is now the super cover is now adding a touchdown onto the spread. Um, uh, Dan, I'm not even sure if you knew that, um, but that is now what we have decided. Uh, so you can adjust gears for this week accordingly. I'll, I'll stick with them. All right, let's get into week one. We're going to keep this short. Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to throw this one over to you, Dan. Uh, we're all on the Buccaneers. So what do you think about this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Buccaneers as well. Um, you know, they kind of found their form last week. I uh, we know they'd struggled on defense a little bit. You know, their secondary had given up a lot of yards, a lot of points uh, last few weeks, but they really found their form last week against Miami, only gave up 17 points. Really, Tom Brady was looking like the Tom Brady of old. He was on fire. Um, so I, I do not see them dropping this game against the Eagles. Uh, Eagles had a nice win last week against Carolina, but um, I don't. I just don't see them having enough firepower to keep up with Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a shared idea with all of us. Um, Tampa Bay is just kind of outpowering a lot of teams right now. Move on. And this game, we'll get into a little bit more because uh, Mr. Schlacks is sticking with his Bears. He was right last week. Bears had a nice win against the Raiders and the Packers. I mean, I use the word escape a lot, guys, but I mean, the Packers, I mean, that's that's about as escapey as you can get for a win. Um, You know, bad for kickers everywhere that game. Uh, Let's get into it. Uh, I'll throw it to Peter, you know. Obviously, the Bears are looking better in the last couple of weeks after that Browns game. And but I felt like the Packers have been pretty good as well. So what's making you lean towards the Bears? Well, I think just in general, the Packers and Bears have had extremely similar seasons, you know, blowout loss each, um, you know, Browns for the Bears and um, Saints for the Packers, you know, both played the Bengals tight, both, you know, controlled the game against the Lions, but neither looked amazing. 
Um, I just think there are a lot of sim- similarities there. I don't think this game's as big of a difference outside, you know, the fact that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. You know, I think I think Fields coming into Soldier Field. I think Soldier Field's going to be electric on Saturday. I think there's a lot of hype around the Bears that we haven't seen in kind of a while right now. I think Sean Desai has kind of uh, returned to the old kind of complicated defenses of Vic Fangio, and that's certainly looking good right now. Um, so I think there's just a lot to be optimistic about. I'm not, you know, super confident the Bears are going to win the game, but you know, I, I think they got a good shot here. All right, Dan. Yeah, you and Luke, obviously, you know, traders to your your team this week. Um, I know we in the past we had talked about you being the the expert in Green Bay Packers. In fact, you recently were on the ground there at, uh, as an outside information reporter. So tell tell me what you picked up there and, and why you think the Packers are going to beat your team. Well, it pains me as a Bears fan uh, to do it, but um, you know, I, I just think the Bears, you know, were able to play couple of really great defensive games uh, against Detroit and, and against the Raiders. Um, and I just don't see them being able to limit Aaron Rodgers and that offense as much. Um, I think the matchup of Jalen Johnson against Devontae Adams is going to be so awesome to watch. Uh, Jalen's taken such big strides here in year two. He's been awesome. Um, so if he can contain Devontae Adams, you know, maybe the Bears have a little bit of a chance, but I just don't see the Bears offense being able to generate enough, especially without David Montgomery, um, to really – kind of get into a rhythm and, and string together drives and then just put points on the board enough to be Green Bay. So um, I, I think the Bears are going to look good. And I think we're certainly going to see some flashes out of Justin Fields, uh, especially against the Packers. That'll always be great to see. Um, but, you know, I just don't see the Bears having enough firepower to be able to hang with Green Bay in the end. I think it's going to be close, though. Luke, is this an, uh, an emotional hedge for you? I, I mean, I, I do this as when I pick against the Steelers, you know, it's like, oh, at least I got the pick right. That was literally my first talking point was going to be where, you know, if, if this is a game that the bears end up winning, I don't care about the pick whatsoever. I mean, it's great, you know, but, but you're right. At least we get the pick, right? No, no, I, I do believe that the Packers are going to win. It pains me to say it. Um, it is safe to say the bears D is back. I've loved watching them. They've been just absolutely electric. Um, and like I said, last week, Montgomery is obviously a big component of the offense. Uh, but as I predicted, you know, both Damian Williams and clear Herbert, uh, looked outstanding last week. I mean, you look at Damian Williams as as the pass catching back. Maybe they trust him a little bit more um, in the red zone. But we saw some great flashes from Khalil Herbert as well. Um, and so I, I am excited about you know that component of the Bears game. You know, last week, of course, might not prove the hypothesis that the Packers are on another level. Um, they, they definitely struggled to get going, um, but they have looked really good and they've looked a little bit more consistent than the Bears have. You know, I'll say this. I wish that this game was at Lambeau to kind of get the loss out of the way so that, you know, later this year when the Bears are hitting their stride and, and playing a little bit more consistently and come back and win at home. Um, it, as much as it pains me to say it, you know, Aaron Rodgers circles this game on his calendar. He loves silencing Soldier Field. He loves making the Bears his bitch. And, you know, I just think we, I, I just think the Bears need to, to be a little bit more consistent, at least, you know, at the eye test uh, before I'll feel super confident picking them, but, but I definitely like them to battle. This is not, you know, the bears teams in the last uh, few years that would just get mowed over by the Packers. So I'm definitely excited to watch this one. Definitely obviously hoping for the bears to, to pull off, you know, an incredible win, but uh, I'm going with the Packers. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I think, you know, I'm just not picking the bears just because I refuse to, 
fall into the the bias of you three. So that, that's just my that's my analysis. We'll go on to the next game. I'm surprised. Like I was I was inputting these picks, and I saw Dan had already picked the the Jaguars uh, to beat the Dolphins at home. And then Luke also uh, picked the the Jaguars uh, at home. So I'll I'll give it to you, Dan, because, I mean, I I don't see it. The Jaguars are coming off of, you know, absolute absolute walloping at home, I think, against the Tennessee Titans. And, I mean, I know the Dolphins aren't amazing, but they're not as bad as the, the Jaguars, are they? Well, I mean, you think you you look at a team like the Jaguars, and you, you see people saying on Twitter, you know, they could go zero and seventeen. You know, they're they're going to be that bad, and I really don't think that they're that bad. I know they've had the the distractions with Urban Meyer and everything, but on the field, I really don't think that they've been that that bad. I think Trevor Lawrence has kind of gotten to an, a little bit of a rhythm the last few weeks. I think he's certainly been a lot better. And the reason I'm picking them to win this game, though, is on the ground. Uh, this is not no fantasy bias here, even though I do have James Robinson. But he was fantastic last week. He ran for over 140 yards against Tennessee on only like less than 20 carries. I think he only had 18 carries. Um, and the toughest thing for them to do is get into a game situation where they're able to run the ball for the entire game because James Robinson might be their best offensive player, might be one of the best playmakers on their whole team. Um, and they're just not always in game scenarios where they can run the ball, you know, they get down. And so I think at home, I think they're able to control this game. I think they're able to control the clock. I think Miami has really not looked impressive at all. You know, I, I kind of thought maybe without Tua, Jacoby Brissett would come in there and, and provide some veteran leadership. And, you know, they really have not looked good at all. We, they didn't see it, didn't show us anything last week against a pretty poor Buccaneers secondary. So I, I think Jackson was able to control the clock. I think they run the ball with James Robinson. And I think that they win this one. I don't think it looks pretty. I don't think we're going to come next week and be like, wow, the Jaguars, what a game. But I think they're able to grind one out um, and they get their first win. Luke, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have uh, the last word on this game. I would want to clean up. Uh, it is actually another London game. Uh, three of us failed to pick the London game last week. Um, so I guess we're, we're, we're split down the middle here. So at least we're, you know, at least two of us will get it right. But I mean, the London game, you, you saw the Falcons kicking on a, on a makeshift net. Uh, you know, I think these, most of these teams are now going there on the, on Thursday. So they'll probably travel tomorrow that just that just does i mean i didn't know it was that game so like kind of it's a coin flip to me i think we kind of said that last week about the falcons jets game um go ahead luke just go ahead jump in wherever you want well yeah my my game notes for this one were were pretty similar to dan's i think miami's looked abysmal on offense i don't think they've got anything going for them um you know they just are, are not that inspiring uh you know, James Robinson's been outstanding. I think the fact that Jacksonville will be able to not necessarily have to chase this game like they've chased uh, a lot of their earlier games. You know, they've had to play Denver. They've had to play Arizona. You know, last week against Tennessee, they've gotten down early in these games. And then, you know, they forced Trevor Lawrence to throw 30, 35 times a game. And, you know, as promising as he can be, I just don't think that that is where he's uh, at right now in terms of NFL level. So if they can get the ground game going, that'll open up you know, the secondary for Lawrence to kind of have that development. And I think he could have two plus passing touchdowns because of how wary they're going to be of James Robinson and of that Jacksonville offense. So I like the Jags to win. Um, as Dan said, it might not be pretty, but but I actually like them by a touchdown or more here. I think this is going to be, um, again, London game. You never really know what's going to happen. Uh, the jet lag has to be just ridiculous. But, um, but I like the Jags to pick up their first win of the season. All right. We won't, I mean, 
I don't know, Peter, if you if you have a lot to say on behalf of the Dolphins here. Um, if you do, you know, go for it. Not too much. I think uh, I just trust the Dolphins roster and coaching staff more at this point. Like you guys said, it's a coin flip. So I'm going to kind of uh, defer to coaching. But, yeah, I think I don't think Miami's been too terrible. Um, obviously, they got torched by the Tampa offense last week, but who hasn't? I think they, you know, looked their offense looked okay in the first half. You know, it was a tight game early, but um, but yeah, you know, I I don't think they're world beaters or anything, but I think they can take care of business against the Jags. All right, we'll move on. Next game, um, you know that people on the, you know, people in America can actually watch is Cincinnati uh, at Detroit, and I marked myself as uh, you know, talking about this game. Uh, we'll get it to Luke in a second. I, I just want to talk about uh, on on behalf of the Bengals because. I mean, they played. They beat the Steelers up. They they played really well in that game, and then they I think surprised everyone and played the played the Packers until the last second of the overtime last week. And you know, if their kicker is you know a foot to the right on on you know one of his kicks, he he wins that game for them. So I think the Bengals have been really surprising. I think Joe Burrow has looked great. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the interview after the game or not the interview, but the conversation between him and Aaron Rodgers uh, after the game where like the first thing Aaron Rodgers said to him was slide. Um, he said, slide, you've got a, you've got a long career in, in this league, you know, get, get down, protect yourself. But I mean, the Bengals are playing good teams close and they're beating the teams they should. I mean, I, I like them a lot. Honestly, I think they're like, I'm looking now, like, they beat the they beat the Vikings. Obviously, they 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 had a tough loss um, against the Bears, close. But I kind of like the the Bengals and how they're operating. I think I I was proved wrong about my Jamar Chase take from earlier in the season, and he's he's looking great. And so I I don't really see how. I mean, I'm off the Lions. I was a, I was an early Lions truther, and I was wrong. But uh, Luke, you uh, still you believe in the Lions here? I'm I'm wondering why. Yeah, and, and I'm an early Lions doubter, but, you know, I've really liked, you know, we talk about how tough the Bengals are playing games. The Lions are playing really tough, too, and, you know, they might not have, you know, on paper, certainly Cincinnati is, is the better team. I wasn't necessarily impressed with uh, the Bengals last week. I just think they had, they struggled to get going. Like, like people were saying, it's, you know, kickers couldn't hit anything in that game. And, um, they did get a bit unlucky in the end. I thought it was, you know, kind of hilarious that they were, uh, you know, celebrating what they thought was a made field goal and, you know, just a bit over, uh, to the left upright there. Um, but Detroit's played nearly every team on their roster really tough this season. You know, three of their losses being one score games, including two separate, you know, 1917 defeats as time expired, you know, one being 66 yard bomb from Justin Tucker, you know, they're not a great team, but, but I think they get it done. Um, the, you know, I just don't think the Bengals have been anything to write home about. Um, and then Burrow today, you know, they called it that he was on voice rest today. Um, he got hit in the throat last week. Um, and they're not really letting him talk. Um, you know, imagine, you know, if they don't want him talking, what's it going to be like when he has to be yelling in a couple of days onto the field? Uh, we'll see, but I like the pesky lines get their first win of the season at uh, sleepy Ford field. Uh, sleepy Ford field. If, if we've heard it once on this podcast, I've heard it a million times. We'll go on to the, to the word. I mean, the AFC South is just, you know, it's ugly to watch and, these two teams are, are ugly to watch as well. And I'll, I'll throw it over to, to Dan uh, Houston. I mean, they threw away like a win uh, against the Patriots last week. Obviously they were up pretty big. Davis Mills looked pretty good to his credit. 
Um, you know, maybe, maybe he's the best rookie quarterback. I don't know. You can talk about that if you want. <laughs> I wouldn't. And then, you know, they're going up to, to Lucas Oil Stadium uh, to play the Colts. And we're all on the Colts. I think they're just a better team, kind of. I, I don't think there's much more to be said about that. But, you know, maybe you have some more insight. No, I agree. I, I think the Colts are just a better team all around. Um, I, their defense, I will say, is a little bit shaky. The secondaries had so many injuries. I think they they only had three healthy cornerbacks at the end of that Ravens game. Um, and I know we're all talking about Lamar Jackson, how great he was uh, on, on Monday night. That was incredible what he did to lead that comeback. But the Colts looked great for the first three and a half quarters of that game. That was the best they've looked all season. So um, I, I just don't think that the Texans offense and Davis Mills have, have the firepower to keep up with the Colts if they play like that. You know, Davis Mills has played really well. Certainly last week they, they gave New England a game up there and New England's got a good defense. So I was impressed by Davis Mills there. I don't know if I'm quite ready to anoint him as the best rookie quarterback yet. Uh, that might be a little bit premature for him. It's just, you're just biased to Justin training. Fields. Whatever. This is true. This is true. <laughs> we're, we're believers in Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, I think the Colts uh, really, really play well here against a bad Texans defense. And I think they're able to get it done. All right. Luke, I want to throw this next one at you because, you know, you're kind of renowned on the podcast for your, you know, your creative ways of coming to the correct conclusion. And obviously you do it well because you're in first. But is there any chance that the New York football giants at home in New Jersey, in the the new Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium, do they have a lick of a shot against the, the Rams? You know, I, I really don't. Um, and I don't think it helps that the Rams, you know, played last Thursday night. So they got three extra days uh, to prepare, you know, but if I'm the Rams trying to prepare, I'm kind of sitting on my hands. What's there to prepare about the Giants? You know, from from the start, I've been anti-Giants, um, you know, with or without the injuries that they've had, they just have completely underwhelmed. So I, I really don't think there's a shot that uh that they win this game, obviously, you know, I'd look pretty silly uh, if they were, you know, by some act of God to, to, to do it, but the Rams are just in a groove right now. I just, I really think they're playing some good football. They're scoring points. Um, You know, the defense has been, you know, a little bit shaky at times, you know, giving up 37 of the Cardinals, I know, but, but largely, you know, pretty locked down. Um, they're just, you know, top to bottom, a better football team. Um, and, you know, I think if you play this game a hundred times, I think the giants win maybe three of them. I will say too, go ahead. No, go ahead. Dan. If if Daniel Jones is out, there's not a single bears fan who would put their trust in Mike Glennon to win a football game. Um, I do. I have a, I have a single yes or no question for you, Peter. We talked, we've talked in the last couple of weeks about the Rams being the best team in the NFL. Yes or no? I'll, I, I swear to God, if you say another word, I will remove you from the call. Are the Rams the best team in the NFL right now? Yes. Okay, moving on. Uh, next one is, is concerning. And Peter, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm giving it back to you. So no, no cheating, no, no expanding on your answer. Um, although the yes was, you know, it caused a less room to need to uh, expand. But Kansas City Chiefs are at the Washington football team. And the Kansas City Chiefs, their defense is, is historically bad. And Patrick Mahomes is seemingly trying to carry them out, carry them past the defense. So with that being said, we're, we all picked the Chiefs. But go ahead and jump into this game, Peter. Yeah, well, obviously the Chiefs had kind of a disaster on, um, you know, the primetime game 
last week. Um, and then obviously we'd been talking about some stats before the program. Um, the the 2001 show, greatest show on turf Rams averaged, I think, uh, seven yards a play this year's that's the greatest or most efficient offense of all time. The Chiefs this year are giving up 7.1. Um, so they're basically giving up the greatest offense of all time, you know, to the offenses they play. And then, you know, similarly, as Brad said, Patrick Mahomes um, has thrown as many picks this season as he has in the last two years each year. So um, it's, things aren't looking great in Kansas City. But, you know, I think they can get back on track against a not too great uh, Washington offense. You know, I think this might look a lot like the uh, Kansas City Philly game from a couple weeks back where, um, you know, the, the, it, it wasn't a crazy blowout score, but the Chiefs were mostly in control. Um, I think I think Mahomes plays well against a defense that's a little easier, um, a little underperforming compared to um, preseason expectations. Um, I think they're definitely a lot easier than the Bills. So look for him to get back on track, even if uh, the Kansas City defense isn't, um, you know, quite up to what we would expect from an NFL defense. The, uh, the, the Washington football team offense isn't going to do too much on them. So I think the Chiefs take this one pretty handily. Yeah, I think there's been some reckoning to the football team's defensive kind of prestige. You know, a lot of people I've heard talking about are going back to last year, talking about, you know, they got lucky on the quarterbacks they faced. Um, not a lot of great quarterbacks last year. Obviously, like Dak was hurt. So they got maybe Ben DiNucci last year. So they, I think they benefited a lot. I mean, I mean, with that being said, they still looked good in the playoff game. But yeah, I think uh, the football team just not looking, not, not what I was hoping for from them at the beginning of the season. I was expecting them to be a pretty, at least close contender to the Cowboys in that division, but we move on. Uh, Next game is the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers. Luke, I'll just throw this one into you. You can give the context of the game. Uh, What are you thinking about it? Yeah, I just have had a hard time figuring out Minnesota. Um, they've had some, some big time wins, you know, going to Seattle, um, they played Arizona really tough and were unfortunate to lose that one. Um, you know, and then they just look, you know, uninspiring at times, you know, they barely get away with one, um, against the lions this past week. They meet, they manage only seven points against the Browns the week before that. I think the slide continues a little bit. I think, Carolina has looked a little bit more consistent, obviously tough offensive showing this past weekend against Philly. Um, But McCaffrey's back, you know, Sam Darnold still leads the league in rushing touchdowns. I mean, although who knows, I think Derrick Henry had three this week, so he might've passed him, but um, it, you know, it's been kind of exciting to watch Carolina um, this year. This game is definitely going to be a close game. I think if the Vikings play to their full potential and, and we see glimpses of what we've seen in some of the games this year, I think they absolutely can win this game. Um, but I just don't know that I can count on that. And I think, um, you know, the Panthers floor uh, is just a little bit higher than the Vikings floor. Um, and so for that reason, going Carolina. Okay. Um, I'll throw it over to you, Peter. You can argue for me on behalf of the, the Vikings here, because I think they're a pretty good team. Uh, obviously their defense, their offense looked pretty piss poor against the Browns two weeks ago. And, but I mean, they've got a lot of weapons there. So, uh, you know, go ahead and I'm, I'm arguing, as I say, I'll let you argue for me. I, I start arguing, but go ahead, jump in. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think, I think the Panthers aren't good enough of a defense. We do expect Kirk Cousins to have a bad game. Like, 
I know the joke right now kind of is Kirk Cousins is a great QB against bad defenses and a terrible QB against good defenses. Um, and I, I think I think Carolina falls into the former category. So I'm looking for Kirk to play, you know, serviceable or worse, maybe pretty good at best. Um, you know, and then obviously, as Brad said, they've got weapons. Um, I haven't been too impressed with Darnold the last few weeks on the opposite side of the ball. Um, I, I, I was expecting more out of Joe Brady uh, to kind of limit his turnovers a little bit. Obviously, you can't coach terrible decisions, but um, but yeah, I, I think I think the Vikings defense is good enough to take advantage of that. And uh, I, I see Minnesota winning a close one. Yeah, Dan. So I, I was kind of uh, early on hating the Panthers and the Broncos because I, I thought they both played the easiest schedule that you could possibly could. Um, you know, I think they were one and two in easiest schedules. And so now two weeks in a row, the Panthers have played, you know, average teams. I mean, the Cowboys are, are better than average, but the Eagles are an average team and, you know, they've looked not great. So are you, you're picking who here? You're picking Minnesota. Oh no, you're picking Carolina. So, you know, I'm curious as to what you think about the schedule kind of dichotomy there. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely did look great in the first three weeks, starting three no, definitely did not did not play good teams in there. Um, but I don't think they've looked terrible the last couple of weeks. I think uh, the Dallas game, you know, the Dallas offense is so good, um, and Carolina hung hung around there for a little bit. And last week was just a really tough game against Philly. I, I've kind of been on Philly, even though they're they do not have a great record. Um, but you know, I think that they're better than than they get credit for. Um, I, I think Jalen Hurts and is able to kind of be be tricky and be slippery in that offense and you're just not not sure what he's going to do so um I, I think that was a tough game um and and they played tough um but you know I, I think like Luke said I think they just have a high floor you know they're not going to go out there and look terrible um against anybody really and the Vikings very well might you know we're not really sure how what we got there I, I know Dalvin Cook's a little banged up um Christian McCaffrey looks good to get him back so uh, assuming he's back that's a huge boost for them um, and, and even so, I think Sam Darnold has, has played well enough. Um, he hasn't, he, he's, he's been good running the ball, um, like Luke said as well. So, yeah, I think Carolina um, just is a little bit more consistent, and, and that's why I'm picking them. Next game is Chargers at Ravens. Ravens, as we said earlier, are coming off of, a, you know, a big comeback mounted by Lamar Jackson. And the Chargers are coming off of a pretty – exciting game to watch win against the Browns. And I'll just say this, um, you know, the Browns are coming up next, but the Browns are the first team to lose a game where they scored 40 points and didn't have a turnover uh, in NFL history. So the Chargers, you know, offense is prolific, you know, defense, maybe not what you want to see quite yet. Um, with that being said, I, I think that the Ravens have, you know, a little less, you know, explosiveness on offense than I think that the Browns do. Um, but, you know, I, th I think that the, the Chargers are probably going to put up a lot of points and I'm not, I'm not sure Lamar can keep up with that. So I'll give it to Dan because you are the lone believer in the, the shit birds. I mean, the Ravens. Uh, so go ahead, uh, jump in here. Well, I mean, it, First of all, it's tough. I feel like I'm, I'm picking against the Chargers too much. I got to, I got to, got to respect the Chargers a bit more. It's a great team. Um, but you know, I've, I've always been a believer in that it's tough to, when you have an emotional win, like the Ravens did, it's tough to come out the next week and, and really get up for that next one, especially when it's on Monday night football and you got a short rest. But I, I think if there's one deficiency that the Chargers have a really, really major deficiency in is that run defense. 
Um, you know, and the Baltimore Ravens run the ball as well as anybody in the league. I, I know last week snapped the, the whole big rushing streak, um, but that doesn't mean by any means they're a bad rushing team. Um, so I, I think that they're able to control the clock in this one. And I think the best way to, to go at the Chargers is to just keep them off the field, just play ball control, have those long drives. I think the Ravens are able to run the ball, both with Latavius and, and, and Lamar Jackson and, you know, Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell, whoever they throw in there. Uh, I think they're able to run the ball and control the clock. And I think that's the best way to beat the Chargers because if it gets to be a shootout like we saw against Cleveland, that the Chargers are as good as any team in the league in that type of game. So I think Baltimore plays a little bit more ball control, keeps Justin Herbert off the field. Um, and, and I think that they get it done. I will just, I want to, you know, some metadata here. Uh, by my count, Dan has picked uh, the Chargers games wrong three times out of five. And all three times he picked them to lose. So he didn't, you know, pick, pick them to win and they didn't. Uh, he picked them to lose three times. And those were the three games that he uh, messed up on. But, you know, just some interesting. Now that we have a few games, a few weeks under our belt, we can kind of, you know, do some some meta analysis of our own tendencies, which is kind of fun. Um, you know, I'll let Peter wrap up the chargers portion of this uh, game. Go ahead right now or else. Yeah. The um, I'm, I just can't pick against the chargers until I see them play poorly again. I think, I think Justin Herbert uh, looks like a MVP candidate, obviously. Um, and even though the Browns should have won the game last week, um, if it wasn't for the NFL referees, um, you know, I, I think I think they looked really impressive. I, I I think their offense looks like one of the best in the league. Um, I like Dan said. I'm a little concerned about the Rams running game versus Chargers defense matchup. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think Justin Herbert's going to put up a lot of points. And I think you know the rest of their offense is great too. That's not just him. Eckler's you know looks better than really he ever has in my opinion. Their O line's been good. Um, you know, their Mike Williams has emerged. You know better than anyone would have expected. And then of course, Keenan Allen's there. So uh, I think I like the Chargers here. Okay. On we go. We were just talking about the Browns this week. They're playing host in a cross conference game to the Arizona Cardinals, who, when I asked Peter, the yes or no question earlier, I thought maybe that was one team he might take into consideration of who the best team in the NFL is. I think they're certainly in the running. I'm just looking now and they've got a top four uh, defense in terms of DVOA. Uh, for those that don't know that, I'm not going to explain what that means because it's really hard to explain. So just go look it up. It just means they have a really good defense. And I think it's a better defense than uh, the Chargers do. So I think that they're going to be able to hold the Browns to a lot less points than the Chargers did. And I think they might be able to put up just as many points as the Chargers did. And so if you carry the one there, I believe the Cardinals are going to win. But maybe for some more in-depth analysis, we can throw it over to Dan. Dan, you have the Browns. And, you know, I think we all think pretty highly of both of these teams, maybe a little bit higher of the Cardinals in general. So, you know, what's your logic here? Obviously, Chandler Jones is out, I believe. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, that's definitely a big loss having Chandler Jones out. You know, we know started off the season with those five sacks. That, that's crazy. Um, And that's especially uh, – notable against a team like the Browns that have a little deficiency at right tackle with Jedrick Wills being banged up there. But um, I think, first of all, the Browns defense is nowhere near as bad as, as what we saw against the Chargers. That was just a crazy game. And, and that's what happens in the NFL. Sometimes you get into those games. But um, yeah, I, I think Arizona just, you know, didn't look great last week. It's 17 to 10, kind of tough game against um, against San Francisco. And I want to see him look a little bit better against a rookie quarterback, you know, making his first career start. 
um, on the road in, in Arizona. So um, I don't think they looked great there. I, I don't think they looked great against the Jaguars either. Um, you know, even though they, they won that game really well, it was a couple weeks ago. Of course, they had the great win against the Rams in there. Um, but kind of like we talked about with Carolina, I think the Browns are a team that just is tough and, and has a high floor and they're not going to come out and look terrible. You know, even though that 14 to seven game up in Minnesota, some people might look at that and think, oh, it's a, that's a bad game, you know, but that's, that's, a, that's how the Browns want to play that tough run the ball. I've said it in the past that the best way for the Browns to play is to run through Chubb and through Kareem Hunt, you know, when they, when they get too high into Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, that's, that's when bad things start to happen with the Browns. Um, and even last week we saw a high scoring game and, you know, they weren't able to keep up with the chargers, but I'm just looking at the Cardinals, you know, they give up 140 yards rushing a game. I think this is one where the Browns, similar to what I said with Baltimore, control the clock. They have two stud running backs with Chubb and Hunt. Um, and I think they, they go through those two backs and, and they're able to keep Kyler off the field. All right, Luke, uh, jump in here on behalf of the Cardinals. Um, like I said, I think, I think they're one of the top three teams in the NFL right now. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I think they're definitely um, absolutely the, the, you know, them and the Rams are the teams to beat in the NFC, but I think, you know, what I've been really impressed with um, is that Cardinals offense, but I think I've been even more impressed last week, the offense, you know, took a while to get going, but they could lean on that defense. They're just so good on both sides of the ball you know, when, when one's not necessarily going, you know, we thought when the Cardinals, you know, the first four games of the year, you know, it's just points, points, points. That's how we're going to win games. Um, we're going to put up 30, 40 points. Um, and we're just going to try to run away with the thing. But last week, definitely a more tactical game. Um, Niners came in with a solid game plan, but the Cardinals defense was the ones that stepped up. Um, and I think that's the mark of a good team. Uh, to, to, to get it done, even when things aren't necessarily going hundred percent to the plan. Um, you know, the Browns, you know, we can talk about the fourth quarter. We can talk about the refs still kind of an Epic, uh, collapse, you know, two touchdowns in the last, you know, two and a half, three minutes, um, that they give up. I'm surprised to see this game as a three point Browns favorite line. I thought this game would be a pick them at worst. Um, but I'll, but I'll take the Cardinals either way, more than happy to take, uh, them with the points. Um, I just think they've got, you know, uh, a comparable, if not better offense than the chargers and, uh, and certainly a better defense than the chargers. Um, you know, it seems like the cards are the team to beat and I just don't know if Cleveland's the team to beat them. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Schlax, jump in here, you know, tell Luke why he's wrong real quick. Yeah, I actually almost have the exact opposite um, argument that Luke had, but for the Browns, I think usually, you know, the Browns' defense has been elite this year um, for the most part. Um, but, you know, last week that wasn't the case, and the, their, their offense picked up and, you know, kept them in the game, you know, even as they were collapsing. So, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for you know, more of the same um, – well, actually, not more of the same other defense, but I'm looking for, you know – good play on both sides of the ball from them. I think, I think they, uh, missing Chandler Jones is huge, especially against the Browns, you know, really good running game. Um, so I think the Browns can be able to run the ball, run the clock, don't give Kyler too many possessions. Uh, and I think they, I think they went a, you know, a, a, a pretty, uh, they went pretty solidly. Okay. Agreed. Um, that they will lose. Uh-huh. Uh, Okay, we'll move on to uh, the Mile High City. 
where they're playing host to their divisional. The Broncos are playing host to their division rivals, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's try. Let's just stay away. I think this is a stay away comment in terms of John Gruden. Uh, we won't get into it too much. Uh, just like we did last week with Urban Meyer. Uh, you know, I guess the only thing is, you know, who wants to pick the coach next week that will be involved in a scandal? If someone wants to throw out an idea there, then that I will entertain. But other than that, I'm picking the Raiders. I'm the, I'm the only one picking the Raiders because and this is very in-depth analysis, as I always do, is I watched the Broncos play the Steelers last week. And although it came down to the last play of the game when my boy Pierre picked off Tom, Teddy Two Gloves, you know, I think the Broncos offense looked really, really bad against, you know, a Steelers secondary. That's not not elite. Obviously, they they scored a couple times in the fourth quarter when the Steelers go into their prevent defense, um, which, as I always say, the only thing that prevent defense does is prevent you from winning. Um, and it almost it almost reared its head in that game. But, you know, I think I think Denver's defense looked, you know, average against the Steelers offense that has been, you know, terrible up until then. Uh, you know, it takes a pretty bad defense to make Big Ben look good this season, you know, uh, given given a lot of space to hit balls deep. Obviously, you had that first one to uh, Deontay Johnson, I believe it was. So, you know, I think I've, I'm now off the, the Broncos. I think I'm firmly a believer in their first three games were, you know, a fluke. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to write off the Raiders lost last week and give them credit for their first three games against, you know, a bit better of teams. That's my logic. If one of you guys wants to jump in, you know, just to defend the Broncos for the three of you. Go ahead. Well, I guess I can go because I've been the Broncos evangelist all year. Obviously, a very disappointing um, loss against the Steelers. Um, But, you know. I don't think Vegas is going to be able to do anything. You know, their offense looked in shambles against, you know, the bears last week. And then they just lost the person who ran it and they're paying them $10 million a year to do so. Um, so it's more of a picking against the Raiders than necessarily picking the Broncos at this point. But I think this is a prime opportunity for the Broncos D to get back on track and show us what they're showing us at the start of the season. All right, next game. I'm interested to talk about this one. Firstly, because I feel like Luke has a pretty hot take here. He's taking the Patriots at home over the Cowboys. And I, I guess I'll throw it to you. I'll throw this question to you, Luke, because I think I see, you know, we talked about in my mind in the NFC, you have the Cardinals, the Rams. And then right after that, I think you have the Cowboys. Their offense has looked outstanding and their defense has gotten to where it's, it's about average, um, which is a surprise if you compare it to last year. So, you know, you are taking that and you're picking the Patriots at home after they looked pretty shit against the Texans last week. And, you know, they escaped with their life against you know, Davis Mills. So go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah. Well, I think that that last week is, you know, that's the growing pains of a rookie quarterback, right? I mean, they're not supposed to have, you know, everything a hundred percent together, but it's not necessarily um, just him. It's been the system. I really liked the way that they still came back um, 16 unanswered to erase, you know, 22, nine deficit granted it's against the Texans, but that's still four separate scoring drives, um, you know, late into the game to avoid that bad loss. 
Um, you know, Dallas absolutely is rolling. You know, they've got a great offense. I agree with you, Brad, that I think that, you know, they're, they're three, if not, you know, three to four range in the NFC. Um, and I said in previous weeks that I think they could go eight and one before they get, you know, truly, truly tested. But um, I think I'm going back on that a little bit here. Um, I think the game being in New England with the temps dropping into the upper 40s is going to help a little bit. Um, you know, this game being a, you know, a little bit of a later game, um, you know, Bill has schemed up so many uh, stellar performances by, by his team. I think the Patriots D has been really impressive. Um, you know, and I think similar to what some folks have been saying about other games, I think this is totally a game where the Patriots can keep the ball away from Dak and the gang. Um, you know, absolutely. I'm running the risk picking New England of this game kind of getting ugly and, and Dallas running away from it. Uh, but, but, uh, and I know that I've picked a few other, um, upsets today. This has to be my hottest take. Um, but it just is, is like a gut feeling of just as this is where they stumble, um, you know, and then, you know, they'll have a couple more easy games before the schedule really starts to get hard. Still think really highly of Dallas, but, uh, I think this is a game that new England wins. All right. Um, for the sake of time, we'll move on and be, and, and guys, this is a, this is a lesson to us all. If you ever want to monop- get more talking time on the podcast, you know, just pick some hot takes because I'm going to throw it back to back to Luke because he's picking the passing yards leader of the 2013 NFL draft, Geno Smith, to beat my Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. OK, after they just played their best game of the year, debatably, you know, maybe offensively, at least. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm insulted because I am, but I'm not going to say it. Uh <laughs> So go ahead. I'm really curious. Uh, just go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, again, um, another hot take here. And and I think I'm generally just really high on the Seahawks to begin with. Um, this has been a problem for me for years, much like, you know, maybe Schlacks with Denver or, or, you know, Dan anti, you know, Chargers sort of thing. Um, but Listen, um, I'm shocked to see Seattle's five point underdog at Pittsburgh. You know, they're, they're absolutely handicapped big time with Russ out, you know, the continued loss of Chris Carson and the gang. Um, but I think Geno Smith actually played pretty solidly last week, really admirable comeback effort. You know, they were never, you know, they never really went away. They were always kind of in it. You know, he threw for a touchdown. He led another field goal drive, you know, and, you know, there are just still so many weapons on offense, DK Lockett, Alex Collins, I thought has been playing well. Um, you know, the, the Seahawks defense now that's definitely a little worn down. Um, but I would say so is the, the man, you know, under center for Pittsburgh, a little worn down. Uh, maybe we won't have big Ben slander on the show. Maybe let's get cut out. Um, but, but listen, I like them this week, 10 days rest for that defense and 10 days preparation for Geno Smith and company um, instead of just the normal six, seven day weeks um, over a Pittsburgh team that I just, I'm sorry, Brad, I just don't trust them yet. Um, and obviously you could say the same about Seattle. You know, they've been up and down and now they've gotten a, a you know, a, a very serious injury. Um, but I just think there's a lot of value in, in the, in the plus five there. And uh, you know, I, I, I do trust Geno Smith, I guess. We'll see. We'll see how that uh, works out for me. But but I like this hot take. I've, I've got another bit of metadata from the picks. Luke has picked Seattle every week so far. There you and go. He's, continue, he's continuing it this week. So I'm two and three. So three of my 17 losses have been 
Seattle. Yeah, there you, there you go. Um, we'll see. All right, this next game, you know, it's marked down as Luke. You know, frick that. You know, I'm, I'm, ba- <laughs> I'm, I'm backspacing it now. We're Taking gonna over talk- the airwaves. Yeah, we're going to talk- toss it over to Dan. Uh, Dan, this is a battle between two division leaders, the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, the Bills coming off of a huge win, you know, vanquishing a demon for them, beating Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs pretty handily uh, on Sunday Night Football. And Tennessee, like I said earlier, coming off of a, you know, an expected win against the Jaguars, you know, especially with Jaguars with their distractions in the locker room and whatever. I just want to say Urban Meyer's name more times this podcast because it's funny. Um, but we're all in the bills here. Uh, I guess the most interesting question is, you know, is this going to be close? Because I see the spread is at. Oh, I lost it. Oh, no, I lost it. It's at five and a half. So, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think I see the Bills covering that. You know, these are two teams that both had bad losses week one. You know, the Bills to your Steelers uh, and, and the Titans to Arizona, you know, both really didn't look good and, and kind of overreacted. Some people said, you know, that you know, they're not going to have a great season, but both of them have really bounced back. So um, I, I don't think Tennessee is a bad team at all. And and the fact that we're unanimous here, I don't think says a lot about Tennessee being a bad team. This is just about how great Buffalo's looked. They've scored 35 plus points every game since that um, horrible loss to Pittsburgh in week one where they looked awful. Um, but that offense is rolling. Um, Tennessee's defense, you know, not really much to be desired there. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, especially with Tennessee's injuries at wide receiver, you know, Julio Jones has been banged up. A.J. Brown's been playing, but he's hurt. Um you're going to need to throw the ball to keep up with Buffalo. You, you know, you just are. And uh, I don't see Tannehill being able to, to keep up with Josh Allen. So I think the Bills put up a ton of points again. Um, Tennessee maybe hangs around for a half, but, you know, the Bills are just on another planet right now, and it's it's tough to pick against them. All right, Peter, do you want to you jump in on this game at all? Uh, because, I'm basically because... in agreement with Dan. I think, the, uh, I think the Bills actually, if I had to give – actually, I'll respond to you yes or no. Obviously, I think the Rams are the best team in the league, as I stated. But I think the Bills might be my second choice if you put a gun to my head. That's what that's what I was wondering. I, I was wondering if after beating the Chiefs, and obviously they've been, you know, absolute dog walking their opponents the last three or four weeks. You know, I, I think I probably have the Bills number one right now. I'm not I'm not saying that they're you know Super Bowl champions, but I think you got to at least put them at number one in a power rankings. And just for you know, for to keep it neat, you got four teams on a bye week this week: Atlanta. Uh, New Orleans, the Jets, and the 49ers. Uh, I think this is probably the best for the 49ers. Obviously, they've got some injuries at quarterback. Um, and tight end. And tight end, yeah. And I think, you know, just in general, I think I feel bad for teams that have a, you know, week six bye. I think it's pretty shit. Um, just like I'd rather have my my bye week later in the, in the year. Uh, okay. Let's go into some college football picks. We'll start with... Uh, Peter, because Peter, you, you know, I, I razzed you a little bit on, you know, picking the Badgers, you know, some, some bias maybe, but you were right. You know, you were right. Credit, credit where credit is due. You had Wisconsin last week, minus 10. And this week you have the minus 14. So, you know, you, you, your confidence is, is growing in, in your team. So go ahead and, and break down the game. Well, I wasn't going to pick them again. Um, but, you know, Badgers minus 14, I think I think Army. I think they could put a lot of good teams on upset alert, to be honest. But I just think Wisconsin matches up extremely well with them. Obviously, they run the ball for probably over ninety percent of their yards, um, 
And Wisconsin has, in my opinion, the best run defense in the country outside maybe Georgia. Um, so I, I just think they're going to be able to contain them. I, I think, you know, this is looking like another shutout type game, um, hopefully. And, you know, I think, I think obviously they don't have quite the athletes in the secondary that some other teams do, um, you know, even in some of the, you know, lower FBS divisions. And so I think this is a game where, you know, Mertz, if he's going to get on track at any point this year, like this might be the game to do it. Um, so I, I look for the Badgers to win big again. S&P has them winning by 22 or something, spreads 14. You know, my head says Badgers cover, computers say for Badgers cover. So I think the Badgers cover. And then as a side note, half this podcast will be in attendance. So you have the uh, magic of outside information, uh, you know, you know, that's might be worth three points on top of the already home field advantage. All right. Uh, I, I don't think, by the way, I didn't mention our records here. Obviously, I, I, I refrain from doing picks, uh, you know, because I don't I don't feel like I anyone should listen to me. So, Peter, you're three and two uh, in these picks. And Dan is a red hot and can do math four and one. And he's taken the number two team in the nation, Iowa Hawkeyes, which, you know, that sounds weird to say, um, you know, as a big favorite at home against the Purdue Boilermakers. And, you know, just on the face value, I like this pick, but go ahead and, you know, break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Iowa is number two. I don't know if they're, they're good enough to, to, to be up there. It's just weird to, to see them rank number two. Um, but they've absolutely been rolling. You know, that's, that's a damn good football team. Beating Penn State last week in a tough game. Um, you know, those are the wins you got to have if you're going to, you know, go to the Big Ten Championship game, have a chance to win it, and then, you know, possibly go beyond that. Who knows? But those are the games in the past that I always really struggled to win. You know, when they get a team that's just as good as them, it's just as physical as them. And I love how they won last week against Penn State, um, just taking it to them. And you look the week before, they go on the road against previously undefeated Maryland. And I'm, I'm not about to argue that Maryland's a good football team, but I mean, Iowa forcing seven turnovers. And uh, I mean, I think Maryland's not half bad. And that was just an absolute dismantling there. That might've broken Maryland's season, but um, you look at Purdue, uh, they've got a good defense. They do, you know, so, so does Iowa. Um, but I look at Purdue's point totals the last three weeks, they scored 13, 13 and 13 points. <laughs> that, that's not going to be enough to beat Iowa. Uh, I, I see Iowa, you know, being able to turn the ball over here because Purdue is just so pass heavy and Iowa has such a good secondary. So I think Iowa rolls in this one and, I absolutely think they cover 11 and a half at home against Purdue. And definitely don't have to worry about a, you know, a look ahead game for Iowa. Cause they've got two easy games in the next two weeks. Uh, you know, obviously going up to Wisconsin, easy dub, and then, you know, going up to, to Chicago, Chicago's big 10 team, another easy dub, but you know, before anyone can respond to me, we'll throw it over to Luke for his, uh, his picks, you know, listeners beware. He's, he's one in four on his college picks. Um, you know, he was telling me some of his his uh, you know just like his thoughts on some college games from last weekend, and he, he did pretty good. Uh, just you know, on his general outlook on life, uh, the college football hemisphere. So he's got uh, the Tar Heels as a seven point favorite. You know, are they at home? Where are they at, Luke? Yeah, they're they're playing host to Miami this week. Um, you know, again, one and four in the picks. I've made some pretty obscure picks. You know, Toledo, Army, BYU. Um, this is, I guess I'm 0-2 picking the ACC this year, trying to pick them uh, again. But I think this is just the ideal matchup for, for UNC. Miami's defense is pretty bad, and all UNC does is put up points. And the games they lose, 
they just give up. I mean, it's like big 12 style when they lose. I mean, they give up 40, 50 points because, and you know, they, they, they still score, you know, 30, 40, 50 um, in the game. I don't think it helps Miami that Derek King um, is now out for the season. Uh, not that I think he was an incredible help anyway. I mean, this guy was hyped up at the start of the year to be, you know, Heisman trophy winner and, you know, super, you know, huge deal. You know, you, you talk about, him and, and DJ over at Clemson, you know, two of the guys that are supposed to be just, you know, incredible, incredible quarterbacks. And they both sign outlandish NIL deals. And, uh, you know, I think there's correlation. I think that they, uh, you know, commercialized themselves, took less time on their craft and, uh, it's definitely showing. And, uh, so Miami, who knows? Maybe maybe I'll be one and five after this week because it turns out that, you know, subtraction of Derek King was actually addition for the team. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think Sam Howell and again, you can talk about him as being someone who's underwhelmed just a little bit, but um, he's still got really good uh, flashes. And, uh, you know, that Carolina offense is rolling. I think they uh, they keep going. But uh, anyway, that was uh, really hard to uh, follow after Brad, you know, just insulted the whole podcast here. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I looked up, I looked up Iowa's schedule and, and I did, it was too juicy. I, I just wanted one quick question before we go, uh, because, you know, I think most people, you know, probably watch college football as much as I do. Um, and so, you know, on a, on a grander, on a larger scale, zoom out from individual games, obviously Alabama lost last week to Texas A&M. And my question for Dan, since he's our most prolific college football locked picker is, you know, what are your thoughts on Alabama dropping to five ahead of teams like Ohio State and Penn State who have lost to better teams than Alabama lost to? You know, is that some just, you know, some SEC bias right there or what? I mean, I, I certainly think it plays into it a little bit maybe. Um, but, you know, Alabama struggled against Florida a couple of weeks ago who has proven not to be a great team you know, after they lost to Kentucky and, and now they're dropped in the polls. Um, but, you know, Georgia obviously deserves to be number one. Um, Iowa, based on what they've done this season, you know, I, I think how can you not put them at number two, you know, with a big win over Iowa State. I know it doesn't look as good now, but, um, you know, what's the time? A uh, great win over Penn State. Um, you know, I was really looked the part. Um, and then, you know, Cincinnati, you know, getting it done there. Um, that, that's been a really great team as well. Um, they've got the non-conference win. I, I, I hate to bring up the, the ND game, um, but that's a great win for them. So I, I, think, I think they deserve to be up there as well. But, um, Alabama's uh, going to be back, you know, they're, they're certainly not in trouble or anything, um, but the path is a little bit harder, you know, because Georgia very well could win out uh, and until they play Alabama on the SC championship game, you know, that would be, that would be great to see, but, you know, Iowa is a team that very well could win out until they get to Indianapolis in the big 10 championship game, you know, Cincinnati is a team that certainly is, I think is expected to win out um, going in, in the American there. So uh, the, the path is a little bit tricky. Um, for, for Alabama to, to get back in the top four and, you know, to, to really be one of those teams. But I, I think it seemed like Ohio state definitely um, deserves to be up there. I, I was in Columbus last weekend to see them live uh, and they rolled that that's a fantastic team. Um, the struggles they had on defense early on in the season looked to be gone. So um, yeah, I think uh, I, I I'm looking forward to a potential Ohio state, uh, Iowa big 10 championship game to see the best on best with that Ohio state offense and Iowa defense. But um, I'm definitely not worried about Alabama. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be back for sure. 
Yeah, I'm not worried about them. I just think it's, you know, it's kind of trash that they're at number five still. I was, I was, I was hoping for a big fall. You know, I was hoping for a big fall. And I think they should have, <laughs> I think they should have fallen to like eight or nine at least. But, you know, whatever. We, we don't have to get into it too much uh, for sake of time. All right. We've got some, we got some midterm takers, some midterm givers uh, on the pod. So we'll, we'll call it a night here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening as always. I pre- we appreciate, uh, you know, the loyal fans. Again, I say this every week. If you have any advice, you know, feel like we're doing a bad job at something, feel like we're doing a good job at something I'd like to hear, you know, maybe they don't want to hear, but I would love to hear. So, you know, find a way to reach out and, you know, have a good night. Have enjoy the weekend of football. We'll see. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Have a good night.